Well, good evening, Rez. The season of Lent is upon us once again. As Deacon Courtney just shared earlier, we are all invited today into a holy Lent together. And I wonder as we gather here tonight at the beginning of Lent, what comes to mind to you as you think about this season of Lent? Your past experiences with Lent, your, your experiences in the church, or just what you've heard about during this season. Maybe you grew up in a church that practiced Lent in all of its fullness. Maybe you grew up in a culture where there was this focus on Lent that was all about what you were giving up for the season of Lent. Whether you went to a liturgical church or not. Whether it was chocolate or meat or social media or whatever it might be. Maybe that's the kind of culture, that's what you associate with Lent. I grew up in Milwaukee, and so Lent for me in the upper Midwest had everything to do with which with which restaurant had the best Friday night fish fry. Because culturally in Milwaukee, if you're Lutheran or Catholic, that's what you gave up meat on Fridays. And so everyone went out and had a Friday night fish fry. Or maybe Lent is something you've never heard of before. Maybe this is your first time experiencing and practicing Lent with us here at Res. So if this is all new to you, Ash Wednesday, Lent, church seasons, and all of this, I invite you just to simply pay attention. Pay attention to everything that is happening tonight. Pay attention with a curiosity to what is going on with the readings, the imposition of ashes, the litany of penitence that we'll be reading later in the service. Even for those of us who are more seasoned Anglicans, there is such incredible depth and wisdom to the liturgy and all we're doing, so let's all pay attention together tonight. Our readings tonight point to a number of themes that are central to the season of Lent. You may have heard these. Isaiah 58 speaks of fasting and reparations. Psalm 103 speaks of the restoration of the sinner and the nearness of God. Second Corinthians speaks of reconciliation with God. Be reconciled to God, right? And our gospel reading from Matthew highlights these really well-known Lenten practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Lent is an invitation into repentance and renewal as we follow Jesus together to the cross. And all of these realities that we just heard from our readings today uh, lead us into this season together. But today on Ash Wednesday, I want to focus our attention for a bit on this strange practice that we do each Wednesday at the beginning of Lent. We mark our forehead with ashes, as you can see, and we speak these words, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. If we pause to really think about this for just a second, it's a fascinating practice, isn't it? From the outside looking in, it could easily come across as like morbid or strange or whatever it might be. We gather every single year on this Ash Wednesday to remind ourselves that we are going to die. Have you ever thought about that? What a strange practice this is. These words have their roots actually all the way back to Genesis 3. This remember that you are destined to dust you shall return. These are set in the context of the fall of humankind. God declares these words over Adam, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. If we read these words in this context of Genesis 3, we are reminded that at the center of human sin, the sin of Adam and Eve, and of all of us collectively, is this desire to move beyond our humanity and to be like God. 
What did the serpent say in the garden? You will not die. If you eat of the fruit, your eyes will be opened. And what? You will be like God. At the heart of human sin, I think, is this desire, this move to transcend our humanity. Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann talks about this as a loss of our creatureliness. I like that. The scriptures attest that we are creatures created by God. And Brueggemann goes on to say that this loss of our creatureliness in the fall causes us to imagine that we are more powerful and more capable than we actually are. We tend to forget our creatureliness, our createdness in our lives. And it is this forgetting that lies behind, behind all of the greed and the selfishness and the anxiety and the brutality that we see in our world today. In our forgetfulness, we assume that we are free to take and take whatever we want. We imagine that we, we, imagine that we are avoiding death, right? And, and by avoiding death, that means we can do whatever we want. We can take whatever we want. Whatever it takes for us to avoid death, we'll do that, right? And whatever it takes often is at the expense of our brothers and sisters and at the expense of all of creation. In Genesis, we were charged with stewarding and caring for one another and for all of creation. And instead, in this forgetting that we are creatures created by God, we assumed this freedom to use and exploit and oppress I was recently reading about the life of an African-American civil rights leader and activist, Fannie Lou Hamer. I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of her. A, I would encourage you to read her story. It's amazing. Uh, Hamer grew up into a family of sharecroppers in Mississippi in the, the, the 20th century. And she dropped out of school early to care for her parents. And she contributed to her family by Uh, picking cotton every day, even though she had polio. As she grew up, uh, she involved herself in the civil rights movement in the South with this deep desire to exercise her right to vote and to bring that right to so many of other disenfranchised black people in the South at the time. She was threatened, shot at, beaten close to death for her tireless and enduring work during the civil rights movement. Hamer was also well, well known for her powerful speeches, even though she wasn't like educated or uh, you know, super eloquent like others might have been. She, was, she had these powerful speeches that would often include these spiritual hymns and songs. And one of her famous lines in one of her speeches said, nobody's free until everybody's free. I love that. Nobody's free until everybody's free. Church, the legacy of white supremacy in our country is rooted, I think, in this loss of creatureliness that we see in Genesis 3 and that we spend some time with here on Ash Wednesday. Fannie Lou Hamer suggests this idea of, of nobody's free until everybody's free. And I think this is the kind of bondage that as we lose our creatureliness, we are beholden to this bondage of nobody's free until everybody's free. In seeking after power and control as we forget ourselves as creatures, 
We have found all sorts of ways to enact power and control over others. Our forgetfulness that we are creatures created by God has caused us to ignore our vocation that we heard from Isaiah 58 to loose the chains of injustice, right? To be repairers of the breach and restorers of streets to dwell in. And white supremacy is just one of many ways we see this playing out in our world today. This this attempt to transcend our humanity and forget our createdness. I imagine... It wouldn't take long for us if we sat down. We could talk through and, and, and identify all of the ways in which this forgetfulness comes to bear in our lives today. Our reading from Psalm 103 tonight, I think, takes things a step further. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I skipped over a page. Even though we try to transcend our humanity, God still remembers our need as creatures. And how does God respond to our forgetfulness? In Psalm 103, he says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He does not deal with us according to our sins. He says, As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions, our forgetfulness, from us, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. We are invited in this Ash Wednesday practice of remembering that we are dust. We are mortal beings, created and sustained by the living God. We are dependent and vulnerable creatures. And as Acts 17 says, in God we live and move and have our being. And we rely on God's gracious gifts of life and breath every single day. And tonight we are invited to this act of remembering in the ways that we were forgetful. In the ways that we forgot our creatureliness. God is inviting us to remember that we are dust. And to dust we shall return. This is our first step into this Lenten season. To reaffirm this fundamental reality. That God is God and I am not. We could stop here and just sit with that good news, couldn't we? God is God and I am not. That is relieving to me in so many different ways. Relinquishing this false identity that I am in control. That I have power. And so we affirm this, these, the words of Psalm 103 once again. That not only, not only are, are, do we remember that we are created. But that we are immersed in a God who remembers that we are created, right? God remembers that we are dust. And this, this act in Psalm 103 of God remembering that we are dust is nothing less than, in my mind, the gracious fidelity of God. Because what does he do in Psalm 103? He remembers that we are dust, but he surrounds that with his grace and his compassion over his children. We proclaim a slow to anger God. 
an abounding in steadfast love God who comes near to us in the person of Jesus to bring life and renewal and healing out of the ashes. And so as we embark on a holy Lent this year, as we consider the ways in which Jesus is inviting you and I into repentance and renewal and remembering that we are dust, we proclaim the good news that we do all of this in the context of a good and gracious God who redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. Amen. In just a few moments, we are going to come forward to receive these ashes on our forehead. And my prayer for you today, church, is simply to remember who you are. Remember who you are. Remember that you are dust. You and I are mortal, as much as we'd love to think otherwise. And remember that you are God's beloved, created and sustained, and marked as his own forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.